Hi, and welcome to episode 265 of No Crying in Baseball, the less hamburger and vegan episode. My name's Patty, and I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Hey, I guess that could be like my nickname, right? Less hamburger and vegan. I'm almost well, well you, you need like a comma in there or yeah. something like or or I could just be both less hamburger <laughs> less hamburger and less vegan right I or could. you could be the less hamburger part and I could be the vegan I'm not going to give up my ice cream no I'm so close to being vegan but I am not no, giving up my ice cream yeah I, I think I think you're allowed to indulge just a yeah. tiny little bit how are you I am fucking tired, um, but here we are yeah no I'm just tired I had a long ass class yesterday people if if you're creating professional development situations, here's a hint. Don't make seven and a half hour classes on Saturdays as part of the training. Or at least not six it's of them. stupid. Yeah. That's what I just finished yesterday. Luckily, that was my last one. Well, but congratulations. Cheers fuck. to you. Thank you. Ching, ching. Yes, <laughs> we are. So Patty brought us this really lovely cider today. Yeah, it's from Capital Cider House, and it's um, thematic. It's got like a cartoon turkey on it. It's called The Gobbler, but the important thing is the description is festive and caramelized. And <laughs> I like both of those things. It is a delicious um, semi-dry cider, and I wish I would have purchased way more than I did. Well, I think we'll have to do a return trip because I really like this too. I'm not a huge cider fan usually but this is definitely semi-dry it's it's not sweet at all it has the cranberry little tang it's, and it's lovely got, you know it's got maple syrup in it which would usually make me think mm, no it's going to be too yeah. sweet and yucky but it's just enough to make it taste like uh, you know a, a manly cocktail yeah you know with the whole caramel colored liquor sort of thing that I like so much so I'm very happy with yeah. the gobbler nice thank you very much sure on today's show more awards the awards just keep on coming we've got Hot boyfriends on the stove or boyfriends on the hot stove? I don't know. We've got the general manager meetings happening. We've got um, some advice to check your attics. You don't know what you might find up there. We've got international baseball, and we've got cross-training with the Boston Bruins. Cheers. That's my hometown. Anytime you can bring in some extra Boston, I am. you know that I am in favor. I know, but I just want you to be aware that some of it is very, very bad. Some of it is good. But some of it is very bad. There's a happy ending. As long as there's a happy ending. Yeah. As long as there's a happy ending. Yeah. Speaking of happy endings, it is the end. You you all know that MLB's season has been over for a little bit now. I feel that in my soul. It's it's an adjustment. We're all adjusting. We're getting the hoodies out. We're gearing up. (laughs) Um, But there's there's some after, after stuff. Right? Fallout is the word I was looking for, but that's also a bad word. Awards. Awards is a better word. Things are Post season com- celebrations. Right. That's honors. I, I'll drink to that. Sure, you will. So, surprising no one. <laughs> there's some <laughs> awards and stuff we're going to talk about. One is I don't know how this happens every fucking year on this podcast. I always forget about the platinum glove because the gold glove comes out. And then theoretically, you're supposed to be able to vote on the platinum, right? And we, we always miss that time to vote on the platinum. Yeah. I agree. Although maybe I would have voted the way that the, this went this year. But still, I want, you know, I want the opportunity to vote. Actually, for AL, I probably wouldn't have thought of this. But NL, shockingly, Nolan Arenado won again. Sixth consecutive platinum glove, which is, he's the only one to have done that. I mean, the platinum glove hasn't been around that long to give us a little bit of a break. It's been like 10 years. But but is he really the very best Mm. every year for six years? I don't know. He's got a nice smile, maybe. Does, is, I mean, is, does that help your vote? defensive chops? Does he have a big family? <laughs> does, 
they're voting for him. Family. Somehow he's getting the vote. Maybe only certain people get that notification because right. clearly we don't. I mean, I'm all for. I, he does have those chops. In fact, I just got to believe that other people also are also also yeah. that good in the sure. past six years. Right. I mean, six years. So the the awards started in 2011. So I think we get a, we should get a little bit of grace for just still getting used to it after this. It's 11 years. <laughs> Um, but since that time, on the National League side, I thought this is, I, this is also me on repeat. So if you listen to us about a year ago, I said the exact same fucking thing because it's still Nolan Arenado. So there have only been four winners for National League awards. Because, Why are we even recording? We could yeah, just replay right. that episode. Yeah, I should I should link right here. I don't I didn't even look up the number, but Yadier Molina had four. And then Angelton Simmons is a singleton, and uh, Anthony Rizzo, another singleton, and then six Nolans. So what do all of those have in common? That means that they were all my baseball boyfriend picks, which is exactly what I said last year, because whenever I'm doing something right, I'm going to just multiply it. Sure. So our, I don't think I said this out loud. Our baseball boyfriends are the guys that Patty and I pick in the off season because they're cool, there's something beyond the field and ideally on the field that's also good about them. And we're gonna start talking about these guys and we give you a lot of background information, why we pick them, and then we see them through the season in our fantasy league and hope that they do well. So all these guys caught my eye at some point and I guess I'm into the sexy defense. Uh, the American League side is much more diverse only three guys have won it twice, and nobody's done it more than that. So the three two-timers are Alex Gordon, Adrian Beltre, and Patty's Matt Chapman. Yay. So if we're looking at the boyfriend count on the American League side, Patty wins out because you have Chapman and Byron Buxton and Francisco Smiley Lindor, and I had Carlos Correa. So this year, to add to them on the American League side, is Yankees catcher Jose Trevino, which I would not have picked, but yeah, I'm, I'm not paying that close attention to the Yankees. But we're going to have to pick Yankees guys next year, so I don't know. There's this, a name that we're going to have to consider, I think. For sure, for sure. Um, I'm wondering if some of these awards that are happening now are sort of like previews to who might win the big awards, yeah. like the MVP awards and all of that. Um, it's kind of like, you know, the Golden Globes, yeah. you know, previewing <laughs> right. who's going to win the Oscars and the Emmys and all of that, because Aaron Judge and Paul Goldsmith, both former boyfriends of mine, seem to be showing up a lot. The mm. first one is um, the Hank Aaron Awards were just given out, and this is for the Outstanding Offensive Award in each league. So Aaron Judge for the American League and Paul Goldsmith for the National League. Um, in that case, each team nominates one of their players, huh. and that gets narrowed down to eight. And then there's some combination of, you know, popularity contest and, you know, people who are informed and otherwise qualified to vote for those folks. Not only did they win those awards, but we missed reporting on this last week. I think we alluded to them and didn't actually go through them. Mm. The, um, the MLBPA Players' Choice Awards, these are the ones that are voted on by their peers, by players, That's were so announced cool. the previous week. Um, and Aaron Judge got Player of the Year, and so therefore, wow. obviously, the American League Outstanding Player. A um, little bit of kerfluffle there because what about Otani right and that's yeah. going to come up again later one way or the other mm -hmm. right and then Paul mm -hmm. Goldschmidt got the National League Outstanding Player of the Year and the only other one I'm going to mention is one where we swept the um the the voting there really? as the AL rookie was um was J-Rod was the winner and um I had both finalists with Bobby Witt Jr. and Adley Rutschman wow so yay for us for the for the AL rookie yeah. so I, I, rookie of the year is gonna be among, among that group. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
So, and they, they've all, frankly, earned it. All right, so um, as soon as the uh, World Series was over, um, we started jumping into all of the, the meetings that, that Major League Baseball has. The first round are the general manager meetings. These are usually held hmm. about a week after the World Series, but because of the you know owner-imposed lockout, the season started late, so everything got pushed a little bit. So the general manager meeting started pretty much right away. So after the World Series, there's what's called the five-day quiet period, where everyone's in timeout. And you are allowed, as a team, to talk with the guys on your team who are becoming free agents. And, you know, whatever. You can mm-hmm. do these internal deals. And you may have seen over the past week there were a lot of players getting re-signed and, like, signing extensions and options being right. accepted or rejected. Because or that, not, right? you can do that during the quiet period. You can't start making deals for other people's yeah. free agents at that time until the five day is over. And usually the general manager meetings start after that five days. So it's a lot of wheeling and dealing. They weren't allowed to because they were in the quiet period. So it was more like sussing out the lay of the land. Like, Interesting. what are you interested in? We can't talk numbers, but what do you think? And who do you think you might go after? And everyone is like just networking and making these connections, but yeah. not acting on it until that ended on Thursday. And Thursday is when you started seeing more announcements that right. were not just for my team, we re-signed this person yeah. or took their option or rejected their option, but traits. And those kinds of things starting to happen. So Scott Boris um, always finds a microphone. Yeah. And I don't think he did as well this time. He always has some, some catchy quote really? that people like, but um, or at least that are, it's fun to talk about. <laughs> this one, I think he lost, he lost me at hamburger. I think he should have said <laughs> beyond burgers here. Let me tell you the sentence and you tell me if right. you, what, what you think it should have been. The quote is, the free agent market is very much a carnivore's market. Really? The menu features filet mignon and, and wagyu and less hamburger and vegan. Like hamburger, as far as I know, is still the carne. Yeah, I guess it's just a lesser cut, though. It's like definitely it's a, a lesser meat. carne, for sure. So but he's saying that they're going for the high cut meat. But the dissing the vegan. So this is, this is where I'm going to take offense. I'm totally going to take offense here. You can have some very elegant vegan meals. I mean, you know, filet mignon is a thing, but you can definitely find high-priced gourmet vegan restaurants. So just because it's vegan doesn't mean that it's cheap. But it doesn't mean that it's not something a carnivore would necessarily right. eat. And right. I, think, I think his point is he's treating these guys as, as cuts of meat. That's kind of gross. Straight up treating them as cuts of meat. And, you know, they kind of are in this context, right? People are bidding on them. They're purchasing them. So there's that whole connotation of of gross and weird. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I I just think that those words don't mean what he thinks they mean. So that's Boris being Boris. Um, Also weird for these general manager meetings is, like, the Nats are for sale. So there's some other teams like the Angels, maybe the Orioles. There was a like rumor, but not really. There's, there's, you know, mm-hmm. Oakland is more moving, maybe, Oakland's but not necessarily. Weird, yeah, yeah, it's just weird. But the Nats are clearly for sale right now, and nothing. There's lots of churn, but nothing has been done yet. And so the Nats have to go into this meeting and treat it as business as usual, like assume they have the same ownership because nothing has changed. Wow. But there's no clarity on how much they can spend because there's not a new ownership group to say, here's our cap on payroll. And that's shitty considering they were at last 
last, last, uh, last, last again, again, right. And so they may end up doing what they did last time. Wow. Last year they signed like five one-year contracts as opposed to going for longer-term purchases because yeah. they knew what kind of money they had. They knew what the goals yeah. were based on the ownership. So that's that's weird. It's like you you've got like you know one hand tied yeah. behind your back or something at this point because you don't well, have all the information. Didn't they get a lot of prospecty kind of folks for the Soto Bell trade? Like at least they've got something going for them. They do, they do, and so I think that has freed them up to pick up yeah. a couple of a couple of free agents. Do so they need they they need pitching? They need a big bat. Yeah. They need a couple of things, but they don't know how much, how they, much can they can spend can on that, right. and that is the problem. Um, Ouch. Well, I, I know that they're sending out lots of, like, please buy something for season tickets. Like, they have the oh my smallest God. plans. And they even had a really lovely, did you see the um, cherry blossom beanie that they were going to throw in? If no. you, for any any plan. Wow. But I was still like, it's not worth it right now. It's yeah. just not worth it. Yeah. Chicken, tickets are going to be cheap. One of the other things that people have been talking about is, are the rule changes that are coming up oh. affecting who is more attractive? Interesting. On the market, the rule changes, including banning the shift, yeah, which works against uh, the, the shift works against left-handed batters. So if they ban the shift, does that make left-handed batters more valuable? Maybe. Um, the pitch clock, hmm. right? The, people have to be like ready to go, ready yeah. to go, ready to go. Bigger bases. That means more opportunities to steal the base. Does that play into someone who is already good at stealing bases and they'll just be that much more successful, or does that mean yeah. more people will be good at this? But one of the things that got pointed out was these rule changes, some of them have been in place for um, for the minor leagues yeah. for a while. So some of these guys that are coming up already have this down. They can work with this already. It's more the veterans. Like watching the World Series and the playoffs, all of these veterans mm-hmm. are taking freaking forever to get a pitch off. Oh, my God. Or, I mean, like, so there's yeah. – yeah. So they're the ones who are going to have the harder time. But that did kind of come up as how is this going to affect who's more attractive hmm. in the hot stove. That make young people more attractive. Um, I mean, yeah, because I like, like for example, Verlander's as an old person, I don't want that to be yeah. the case. But yeah, but thirty-nine-year-old Justin Verlander now out there, like, who by the way, to him, um, he he got comeback player of the year for Aww. for the American League, which cracks me up because it, it doesn't feel like he would need to come back, but yeah, right. he actually did. He actually, um, Ronald Acuna Jr. got comeback player of the year. I think, but he has come back from injury, I guess. Yeah, but. yeah, his makes more sense. I mean, I guess Verlander's sort of in the long, if you t- t- take yeah. a wide angle of that, he's come back. We're going to have a vocabulary word that we tell you oh, every boy. year, which is qualifying offers. Um, on the first day of the free agent market, which is the end of that quiet period, so that was Thursday, teams can offer a qualifying offer to guys who have been on their team who have just become free agents. 14 free agents across the league, across all of MLB, received a qualifying offer, which hmm. is this year was $19.65 million for a one-year wow. contract. And how that amount is actually the average of the top 125 offers average annual value. Right? That's how they, that's why it's a different number every year. Okay. Right? And it can only be offered to players who have been with the same team since opening day and have never had a qualifying offer in the past. And this qualifying offer is basically, would you like this one-year contract for this amount of money? Mm-hmm. Most people say no. Of all the time they've been doing this, only Interesting. Since, since 2012, only eight offers have been accepted. Wow. Because most of these guys think, I can get yeah. more money on the open Jeez. market. Sometimes that backfires. Remember that for a couple of years, the, the hot stove was right. terrible. 
free agents weren't getting signed, and so guys got desperate, and they signed for way below what that qualifying offer would have been. Yeah. But that's hindsight. You know, usually it doesn't work that way. So they got 10 days to decide if they want to take that offer or not. Hmm. Um, but it doesn't hurt the team at all. The team is assuming we can afford to pay this. We'd love to have them on for this because then we, yeah. we're not negotiating for a higher salary. And if a, a different team signs their free agent, um, anytime between now and um, when the uh, the draft starts, right? So, you know, almost right. so like eight months or something, um, then th- that original team gets a compensatory draft pick. So if your guy gets taken away because they didn't take your offer, you get an extra draft mm-hmm. pick. So there's that. But that's different, and, and correct me if I'm wrong because I'm just pulling this out of my what's left of my brain. Um, that's different than if somebody has an option left on their contract, right? Because some yes. players have, and that's what I've been seeing mostly, is that some players have options where the player can opt out, some have where the club can opt out, some have where either one can opt out, right? Depending, yep. And it's an extension beyond their original contract. Right. And, and that's what's been just like shaking my little head <laughs> in these past couple of days because all of a sudden there's, a, it seems like there's been a lot of, opting out on one part of the other and when a player opts out as a fan of the team all right so as a fan of the team when a player opts out you feel sad but you still feel like all right maybe they're just playing the market and and my team will suck it up and pay the money read Xander Bogarts um or if the player if if the team though if the team opts out then it's sort of like uh you're, you're not seeing that guy again. Right. So two of those happened that affect boyfriends. Your boyfriend, um, uh, Trey Mancini, uh-huh. um, you know, who just... Just got there. Just got a World Series ring. So yay for him. Um, he had a $10 million option. Actually, the team had a $10 million option. And they said, no, thank you. Wow. But we will... The buyout was like a quarter of a million dollars. Like so, so thank you, thank you for letting us rent you from August first on. We appreciate your incredible defensive play that may or may not have gotten us to the next game in the World Series. (laughs) But but carry on, you're now a free agent. So I just want to say, Baltimore, he's available again. Please get him back. Now he's got a ring. Good for him. He deserved it. Now we would like like him back. Yes. Um, Also, some of these kind of. When the team turns down the option, it gives you a hint of what the team might be looking for in the other free agents that are available. Yeah. Like um, um, Jean Segura from the Phillies declined a $17 million offer. He's a he's a shortstop. Well, the, the Phillies declined it. De- sorry, yeah. yes, the Phillies declined it. They set him free, which yeah. opens up a starting shortstop. And if Ouch. you remember from last week, four out of the five top free agents are shortstops. It's a hot property. Yeah, that will be wild to see how much money those folks get, and one of which is Xander Bogart. Mm. So, I mean, the the Red Sox, you know, of course, to bring this back to me, the Red Sox do have <laughs> uh, Story, who was originally a shortstop, and when they got him, it was a lot of, well, maybe they're doing this as insurance for when Xander's gone. So I don't know. I don't. I just feel really sad about the idea of him not being on the Red Sox. It's, you know, that... It's bad. He's he's the longest the the player at this point with the most longev- longevity. I said that right, right? I'm yeah. at the end of my cider. We're gonna need a refill. Well, on the bright side, we do have a backup beverage. There that we I'm go. Just about ready for. All right. So ha- other boyfriends, um, my hot boyfriends on the stove <laughs> are. <laughs> I don't and, think that's right. It's more did, fun to say, but I don't think that's yeah. right. 
Anthony Rizzo, who I it just was hard to watch his transformation to the Yankees. At this point, it was nice to see him turn them down. So I don't know. Maybe that's a thing. Maybe the Yankees have a lot of work to do in the offseason. But Anthony Rizzo turned down continuing with them for now. Did he turn down a qualifying offer or an option? I think it's an option. I'm pretty sure it's an option, which means that they could come back after him. But also, first base is a big market as well. There's Josh Bell, um, Rizzo. and Trey Mancini. Yeah. So there's there's definitely going to be a lot of movement around there. And the other turn down, which I'm sorry, Cubs fans, Wilson Contreras. I mean, understandable. Cubs had a rough year, and it's not looking better at this point. So... I well, don't know. They can still bid on him as yep. a free agent. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, they can that. still so, try to get him back. Yeah. So keep keep that in mind. Like if if they turn down an option, they may be evaluating other options. Yeah. There may be somebody else they kind of want that they end up not getting, and they may go yeah. back to that original guy and say, "Okay, we were wrong. Sorry." Um, I want to mention two more. One is. Um, um, my boyfriend from the Rays, G-Man Choi, a first baseman, yeah, for instance, there we go. who just got traded to the Pirates hmm. for a minor league pitcher. Now, the Pirates, you just mentioned Josh Bell. They haven't had a stable first baseman since Josh Bell in 2020 left the Pirates mm. for the Nationals. So they may be looking at, um, at G-Man Choi as somebody to like lock down that spot a little bit. Although he was caught by surprise, and he said, he had hoped to retire in a Rays uniform. Ooh. So I was like, this is not what I thought was going to happen. Um, That's always a sad feeling. It's always a sad feeling. And he was really very um, kind and gracious to the Tampa fans. But I got to believe there's only like four of them. Yeah. So he might have just been able to like text them rather than like post it on <laughs> social media, right? He might be better off in the long run. I don't he know. He might. Um, I do want to, I don't want to like gloss over um, Edwin Diaz of the Mets because that <laughs> broke right after we finished recording yeah. last week, as things do. But the Mets signed um, the reliever, Edwin Diaz, to a five-year, $102 million contract, which is a record for guaranteed dollars to a relief pitcher. Now, remember, wow. a lot of these contracts are very complicated. Some of it's like straight up, we're paying you this this year. Some of it is this is deferred. Some of it is this is an option for yeah. three years out. So math is extremely hard because there's all these contingencies. So this is based on how many guaranteed dollars. So it's a record for that. Um, because of these deferments, if he if it keeps happening all along, he may continue to get paid until the year 2042. So 20 more years. Aren't, aren't there Mets good at things like this? Like there's the whole Bobby Bonilla thing. Maybe this is just like <laughs> yeah. the Mets way. Just pay it off in the long run. They've got to learn how to manage their credit cards. Right, it's, it's they're doing that those like lay, layaway plans, whatever. Yeah, they're called. I, mean, I gotta believe that I w- might be okay with that because it does extend my guaranteed income. Although, if my income had that many zeros after it, I think I could probably take good enough care of it that I wouldn't need to keep getting yeah. it in smaller amounts later. I don't know. I don't know. It's never going to happen. So I know. I mean, when you started off with the 19.65 million, I was like, that sounds fine. (laughs) That sounds fine to me holding out for more than that. Really? All right. So we're going to go international already. We're going to go international actually with a name that we had been, would mentioned before as a local Solomon Bates. We talked about in episode 252. He got released by the Giants organization this year. He was at the double A level, but was notable about him at the time as he came out as being gay and became um, connected with the proud and baseball organization and much congratulations to him for being a role model for coming out. He just got signed 
for the Colombian League. He's going to be playing on the Tigres de Cartagena in Colombia. Interestingly, I went back in our winter baseball notes, which are I, I really need to do a little bit cleaning up there. And um, in all the teams that I picked as my forever team in all of the leagues, I didn't pick a Colombian team. So clearly, huh. clearly I was waiting for this moment. And we are now, we're going to cheers to this. We are now proud fans of the Tigres de Cartagena, and we are very pro Solomon Bates. Yay so for us. Let's see some success in Colombia for Solomon Bates. All right, little sip. Mm. Fairness. We just changed drinks. Yes. We are now Ooh. drinking DC Brow's The Imperial, which is a double India pale ale. And it's a very pretty can. Because, not that that matters, but it's a very, very pretty can. Yeah. And so. as, as you can tell, we, we are very pro-local. Buy local. Drink local, drink local. Enjoy the local. For sure. As I'm talking about Venezuela, which is not local, but sort of fun. You can watch it from local. We, we can. And, and then I will get, I've learned a little bit more <laughs> about that. So there are names being flown around of Venezuelan players from MLB who want to go back to Venezuela. Last week, we talked about Ronald Acuna, who had been seen in the um, in the, the, the Sharks, the Tibarones dugout de Guajira, I think is, is the city. And there was this little back and forth with the Atlanta organization saying, not so fast. He's just practicing with them. He's not actually playing. I think it looks like he is going to actually play. He has a debut date, which is November 23rd. We'll see what happens. Hopefully he will actually be on the field. Right now he's hanging out in the Dominican Republic uh, training, which I'm putting in sort of air quotes because the picture that I saw of him training was hanging out at a lovely affair is what it looked like with um, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Fernando Tatis Jr. And the three of them together Oh my! By lovely affair, do you mean like dress clothes? And yeah, the well, whole thing? Like you a- know, the, the the other two were more dressed up than Acuna. I'm gonna have to show you this picture because he was wearing this really weird shark outfit with the mouths in like not the best location. So he wasn't told what he was going. Right. Okay, I think it was a prank. That he was must he, have been he, it. he was punked. Yeah, he was he <laughs> was there training right, and he just crashed the party. I don't know. So so maybe we'll be able to see him on the Tiburones in the Venezuelan league. Who, who else might we see? We might be seeing, actually, Robinson Chirinos, uh, formerly hey. of the Orioles, but did not do very well with the Orioles this year, actually. And he's a free agent with the Navagantes de Magallanes. Um, we might see Oswaldo Cabrera, who was the, the, the guy who came in at the end of the season with the Yankees and made a big splash a couple of times. But his overall numbers were still, you know, very, very rookie-y. Still huge, um, bright future for Oswaldo Cabrera. You and I actually saw him in Rochester, New York. Did he, we now? We, we did. He was on uh, the, the what is it, the Wilkes and the Scranton, well, the Bears, Rail Riders, I don't know, that Yankees AAA team that just has Wilkes-Barre. all those names. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah. He was there. He did well, but I believe that they lost. I mean, I think, I think Rochester prevailed in that game. Um, but he also has been seen in the Tiburones dugout, which is where uh, Acuna might be. And he is waiting on permission from the Yankees. So I'm wondering how the Yankees feel about renting out their players for the winter. He really wants to play with his brother, Leonel, who's on the Tiburones. And there was a lot of really sweet family stuff about, you know, (laughs) when the Yankees were in their brief pro-season moment of, of rooting for the Yankees from afar. And speaking of Yankees, Gleyber Torres is also waiting for Yankees' permission to go to the Leones de Caracas. So this all comes down to what 
should be done, right? Should teams give their players permission to even, and we're talking about, um, and for labor, they're, they're discussing maybe 15 to 20 games. So yeah. they're not talking about playing a full season all out. But understanding that these teams are playing shit ton of money, paying shit ton of money for these players. Right. Should they be risking letting them play? I mean, the MLB in, teams right, are playing right, right. a shit ton of money. Right, right. And, should, and these guys are probably not getting a shit ton of money from... No, they're doing it like out of the. They're doing because they want to go home, right. or they want to just have. They want to stay in shape, or they just want to be right. with their friends and hang out. I think it's a lot of I want to go home and like I I went away and I was I've been successful and what a dream come true to make it to MLB and then to come home and play in front of f- friends and family and this is actually it for for one brief moment Yadier Molina who's now although he's Puerto Rican he's managing in Venezuela with the Navagantes had an Instagram story, so it was over before, you know, whatever, in a day, where he sort of called out MLB. And I'm not quite sure where his blame is lying, but what he said in the story was the people of Venezuela deserve to see Altuve, Cabrera, Araez. And then he said, I don't know why politics affects sports. So sort of implying that people aren't being given permission to go there because it's Venezuela, and maybe they're concerned about uprising violence I don't know whatever is going on there but he ended up by saying for God's sake give permission so Venezuelan people and their children have the opportunity to see their idols play in front of family and friends which pulls my heartstrings and I feel like yeah let them go but at the same time I feel like people they get hurt like it is it's a liability for sure yeah I mean it's it's double-edged I mean Mm -hmm. they're staying in shape they're playing actual games which has got to be more valuable than just hitting the weight room and you know running around the block and you know throwing a ball against you know your back wall which is I'm sure that's how these these guys train yeah but um but yeah there's there's absolutely a risk when you're out there but I do see that point it's like get this is how you give back this is how you grow the game yes yeah. yeah and that that's exactly it like inspiring the next generation to do the same thing hey can i just um i want to go back to robinson chirinos just for a second i didn't jump on it when you first said it mm-hmm. he yeah, he didn't have a great season but um his role with the orioles right. was to kind of keep the catcher spot warm for adley rutschman and also to mentor him yeah and i think that worked well and so he did his job his job wasn't to be like the superstar catcher it was mm-hmm. to help the up-and-coming superstar catcher be good at his job so um so yay for that and let him go home and play yeah well and, and interesting <laughs> that he now gets to play catcher for a team managed by Yadier Molina yeah like how how cool, cool is, is that, that? Like, I would love to see that so speaking of seeing that yep um, how do we see that how do we see this so that's a really good question at the beginning of the season I mentioned that YouTube was going to have um, uh, the Liga Venezuela Venezolana for free but that doesn't seem to have happened. And huge apologies to our friend Bill Thompson, who does an amazing job with Words Above Replacement. So please go check his, his blog. Throw him some money because he does an amazing job at showing you how to watch baseball anywhere. And it looks like that the individual teams had some free stuff on YouTube last season, like the Cardinales de Lara, which was the only one that I was paying attention to last year. So they did have free um, viewing last season. But this year, it looks like it is, in fact, held down by Baseball Play, which is B-E-I-S-B-O-L Play. But it's pretty reasonable. You can do 5 bucks a month, or you can do $13 for the season, which includes everything, including playoffs. So that I don't know. Kind of affordable. I might throw thirteen dollars at, at Venezuela and and see all that. And meanwhile, I've been watching the the lead on the Dominican League 
here and there through MLB, but it's really hard to find it. So if, if you all are you if you're looking for it and you can't find it, let us know and I will walk you through it while I'm actually on the computer because I can't remember. How are you to do saying it. that MLB TV yes. is not making it easy to find not baseball games that friendly. you want to see? Not user friendly. I am shocked. Yeah. I tell you, shocked. All right, my last comment that's going to be really fast, so enjoy it while it lasts, is congratulations to Brothers fans who won the Taiwan series yeah. in the CPBL, which is so painful because the monkeys just really were dominant all fucking season. But but what didn't they do? They didn't they win, didn't the, win games the games when they, they needed to win the games. They didn't win the championship. Oh, the my brothers God. swept them oh, that's to make it so even painful. worse. So, yeah. Congrats, Allie. Enjoy. <laughs> um, hey, check your attics. Uh, the the third baseman for the St. Louis Browns back in the day, Jimmy Austin, um, his niece had custody of a Babe Ruth um, glove, a, a mitt, which they thought was basically a store model. Like, you know, you, you buy, a, you know, you yeah. go to the store and you buy something with like an autograph from a player on it and all of that. Turns out it was real. It was actually given to third baseman Jimmy Austin by Babe Holy Ruth. Holy shit. Personally donated to him. They figured that out. They did they they traced it back and they figured it out. They found photos of him wearing that exact glove. They 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 did their job. And it sold on Saturday at the 19th annual Louisville Slugger Museum and Factory Auction for million. The previous record for an auctioned glove was a Lou Gehrig glove from 1999, which sold for $387. Oh, my God. That's a huge $500. The babe. The The babe. babe. And again, they they had this in a box. And they thought, oh, this is, you know, this is cool because this was probably sold in a store in whatever year and we should hang on to this. Nope. It was it was used by the babe. I'm just wondering, what is the the person who bought that going to do with it? Is it sitting in their house? Like, that should be in a fucking museum, really. I mean, well, you know, there probably are Babe Ruth gloves in in museums. And, you know, good for you. And if that that auction money went to do something good, I don't know what the Louisville Slugger Museum and Factory, you know, does with that money. But um, let's hope it's good stuff. Let's hope it's good stuff. (laughs) I'm not, you know, making any assumptions. Sure. Yeah. All right. Speaking of good stuff, women's and girls baseball is good stuff. The Baseball for All Nationals are teasing us. This is the organization run by Justine Siegel that has done amazing things about about getting girls playing baseball, and it just keeps going up. And trying to build a pipeline for, yeah. And that's the goal, and that's the thing to do. So their nationals, which have been increasing in, in attendance every year by a lot, are going to be happening in July, 12th to 16th, and a big site reveal is coming. So we don't know where it's going to be, but it is going to happen. And a huge thank you to Sandra Kimbrell for sending us an article about that, that in the title said women's professional baseball in Florida. So that is a really exciting thing to see in a newspaper um, as, as a plug. And I realized that back in, so this is like 100 episodes ago, back in episode 162, we talked about Sue Parsons Zippe, who was a former All-American Girls Professional Baseball League player for the Rockford Peaches, 
who was talking about starting a women's league mm-hmm. with the idea of using the spring training facilities in Florida when they're not being used. Use them in the fall and the winter and have a women's league there. It makes sense. The facilities there, who's doing anything with them at that time? And, you know, since then, there's been a lot of uh, strain happening with pandemic and all of that. So apparently it hasn't completely kicked off, but something is happening uh, next weekend. Is it? Let's see. I have the dates here somewhere. November 19th to 22nd. That is next weekend. There it is. It is next weekend. You're going to be very far away. You'll be in New York. But for those of you who are in Sarasota, Florida, you can check out some women's baseball. There are going to be four teams in a tournament. And the the connection between past and present is powerful because they're representing four of the original All-American Girls Professional Baseball League teams, the Rockford Peaches, the Bells, the Blue Sox, and the Comets, and wearing their colors. But I would betcha that they're not going to wear skirts. Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) They're not wearing the skirts. Mm -mm. Yeah. Like, watch watch the series to to see about how well those skirts – I mean, you can imagine. It's just a fucking stupid idea. Um, but also, how do you was, really feel? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Watch, watch the series. It's so lovely. Um, I'm wait. I want the next season to come out. I really do. Anyway, in in this actual people playing baseball includes. <laughs> I like how you slide in and out of fictional baseball right. to actual baseball. baseball. This beer is pretty good. It is pretty good. So there's there's <laughs> 17 members of the current United States women's national team, which is a big thing, who are going to be playing in this tournament. And I found this byline fascinating because I wonder who these people are. 60 of the top women's baseball players in the United States. So just that we have this quantity of women who are seriously talking about baseball. Actually, the what is it? The players um that that uh online not blog but with with articles by actual players the players alliance the tribune tribune that's it the players tribune there's a wonderful article there by kelsey whitmore the woman who plays yeah. for the staten island fairy hawks which is a must read for anybody who's oh, following good. women in baseball check that out so if you're in florida check it out unfortunately you can't make it to the big party because that is sold out and that has been billed as having actual celebrity mlb players unmentioned um but it looks like a lot of fun but they are having a free skills clinic for girls up to the ages of 18 on monday morning and then tuesday the final game november 22nd there will be a championship game at 10 a.m but it's exciting to see more serious women's baseball with also you know the same attention to girls coming up so I want to put in a plug for becoming independently wealthy yeah. and possibly retired. I would love to go to all of these things right. that we talk about. I want to see women and girls playing baseball in these tournaments. Yeah. I want to go to winter ball. I want to, yeah. Let's, how do we make that? I don't know. Folks, we have a, we'll tell you about our Patreon in a minute. <laughs> that should do it. That'll do it. Before we go there, before we go there, you, you guys do, you know, I, I think you cover our, our beer. And appreciate yeah. that, and possibly some of our actual expenses. Those, right. are, those count as expenses. It's, it's, that greases right. the wheels. Um, we're going to go cross training with hockey, and I want to thank. Cheers to that. <laughs> I want to thank um, Junior Potty Mouth, who is our unsung intern. Please put this on your resume. We'll give you a great recommendation. Absolutely. When the time comes, but Junior Potty Mouth made sure we knew about what's been happening with um, the Boston Bruins, and it's a yay and it's a nay. Yeah. Yay for Bruins players. 
kind of boo and kind of meh, getting better for the actual team front office management. Right. So the Bruins signed 20-year-old player Mitchell Miller, who had been convicted in 2016 of bullying and abusing a black developmentally disabled classmate back in middle school. And a lot of the fallout from that after he, you know, they went to court, he was, you know, found guilty of doing that was, okay, you need to apologize. You need to do like 20 hours of community service. But it was all treated as there was one incident. There was one very um, well-publicized incident, which was pretty horrific, um, that was like the the focus of all of this. But it turns out this had gone on since like second grade. And it continued after this time. And there were racial slurs. There was physical abuse. There was horrible things that went on for years. And so all, yeah. the, all the time that it was treated as it was a one-off, it was like, oh, he was only 14, he's better now, is, turns out to be crap. It yeah. turns out to be crap. And so it wasn't an isolated incident. He didn't actually, he did like this court-ordered apology letter. He never spoke to this kid in person, That's right? Terrifying. He apologized via like Instagram or something, which is not the same thing. Yeah. Um, but the... <laughs> Part of this touches on our conversations about can you get better? Right. Can you make up for something that bad? Like, that's bad. Can that's Can you become a better person? Right. Can you learn you, from this? How do you deal with that? And so he was, this this kid, um, so Mitchell Miller was actually drafted in 2020 by the Arizona Coyotes and who said, we can help him. He has shown remorse. Wow. We want to help him be better. We want to so. give him the support, which sounded good until they realized, oh, no, these things that we thought were true are not true. This abuse continued. Uh-huh. He didn't really. He it, it, there, there were lots of holes that were poked in mm-hmm. and in his story. And so so they rescinded his offer. And the victim himself spoke out about the racial stories that this is actually what happened to me over all of these years. So they so the, the coyotes cut him loose. So he's been playing, he played in college, he's been playing um, minors. So in 2020, this year, he was the United States Hockey League Player of the Year. He's good at hockey. And this being good at hockey has been covering up for being this horrible, abusive human, (sighs) right? So the Bruins saw that he was this award-winning kid. They saw that, oh, he had this one-off incident, which is what they believe to be true. And they assigned him to like a three-year entry-level contract a week ago. And two things happened. Two things happened that I'm really... I'm relieved about and I feel good about. One is the actual, the commissioner of the National Hockey League said, oh no, he is not welcome in this league. He he is not eligible and he will never be eligible. So he had seen wow. this, he had not really done what, you know, it, uh, this was all smoke and mirrors, right? This kid had, didn't really have any remorse. He hadn't changed his tune. This went on for a lot longer. And then the best thing that happened was players. The players on the Bruins, um, led by their captain, Patrice Bergeron, and a couple of others, spoke out. And they said, uh, Bergeron said, in this locker room, we're all about inclusion, diversity, and respect. We expect guys to wear this jersey to be high-character people with integrity and respect. That's how they should be acting. And he said, this kid needs to prove that he's changed. And they didn't believe that he had. So if he comes in as that same 14-year-old kid, Right. He's got no place here. 
if he had in fact changed and learned from this and was remorseful and had ever once talked to this kid that he abused in person to apologize, things would be different, but he hadn't done that. And so the actual team spoke up and said, he's not welcome in our locker room. And so the Bruins then said, now we have to do something. Well, but yeah, so like a little uh, too late, but they they did the right thing. But they they did like, you know, 70% of the right thing. Okay. They said, okay, yeah, we screwed up. It turns out they never talked to this family, the family of this kid who was victimized. So they believed, like, they just read some, like, reports from this detached level of, like, their vetting was way too far away from the actual situation. And they kind of understand that now. As the last article I read, they still hadn't actually talked in person to this family. They made a public apology to the family saying, we are so sorry. We screwed up. That's something. We screwed up. I we we brought this pain back to you, and you know we regret this. And they they said a lot of the right things, but they said it you know, in print. They didn't like go visit or call or something. But the mother of this boy, she's like a foster parent, and they they adopted this child. She's like they fostered like fifty seven children. Oh my most god. Most of whom had developmental disabilities. Wow. So like this woman is a freaking saint, right? Holy and shit. And so. She had she actually wrote a letter to did it go to the Bruins saying that you you screwed up. Here's actually what happened. Wow. She had thought that before the draft she was going to send something to all of the to each team and then didn't do it. And the, but but there's this feeling like this is a privileged kid. He's freaking good at hockey, and that covers a lot of. Right. Of, of faults, of pain, of, of terrible, terrible things right. that he did. And I'm so excited that not only the players, but the commissioner of the league said, nope, nope, yeah. nope. We don't believe you. All evidence is that you are not doing what you said you're supposed to be doing. You haven't, you're not remorseful. You're not actually sorry. You've got no place in hockey. I need to get a Bergeron shirt or it's worth jersey it. or something it's totally I, like, worth I, it that because i that's... need to do and i had to get rid of my last bruins shirt so that's I'm, so now now, now yeah, you got yeah, a freaking yeah. and 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 the mother of this of the child who was abused by by mitchell miller said that it meant so much to her child for these players Aww. to defend him and say this is how important this is to us this can't yeah. happen zero tolerance so that was pretty cool so um so yay um i'm sorry that this thing was so horrible i mean i read this yeah. and it was it just it, it made me hurt Eesh. inside it was terrible it was terrible but players are making a difference and huge sigh of relief that the bruins did the right thing like it's just you know when your hometown team does something well it's when they could have been really yep. shitty yeah. i'm really glad that they did something well Huh. What are you doing right. this week? What am I doing this week? Um, I'm working. Actually, it's Mr. Potty Mouth's birthday on Wednesday when I'm Yay. working. Oh, but no. we're going to, we're celebrating it a night early. We're going to a lovely concert on Tuesday night. Yay. So that's the birthday celebration. And yeah, how about you? Um, well, I'm, I'm psyching up. I got a lot of work. I've got a lot of work to yeah. do this week in four days. And then I'm going to New York Yay. to go to a most favorite um, nephew's wedding this weekend, which I'm very That's excited awesome. about. It's going to be super fun. You know, I haven't really gone anywhere other than to like families' homes since the before times. And yeah. so it's going to be fun to kind of like go out and, New York. and play, go and to, go like, to- 
fancy, Broadway. you know, well, yeah, you know, like a, a wedding dinner party, a Broadway show. That's awesome. Um, I might get a little wigged out being on a train for several hours with, you know, the masses, but you'll be fine. I'll be fine. And I'm excited about that. So yay. So, cool. um, so listeners, yes. we're not sure what um, we're doing for next week's show yet because we're both kind of crazy right but meanwhile we're thinking it's going to be awards focused because you this drops on tuesday so that means last night you guys found out about the rookie of the year that we are still like just dying to see who it was tonight after you listen to our podcast you're going to learn about the manager as managers of the year Tomorrow night is Cy Young on Wednesday. That's Mr. Potty Mouth's birthday. So cheers to Cy Young and raise one for Mr. Potty Mouth while you're at it. <laughs> and then on Thursday, those big MVP awards. So we might, I don't know, we haven't figured it out, but we might do like a quick, this is our take on these awards that happened while we were off doing and stuff. And we'll get to compare the actual list to just how terrible our predictions were. <laughs> right. Yeah. We have a couple of hopes. We do there, have a couple of hopes. Something, we have some hope for... We have hope for Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I think that's about it. That may be MVP. That maybe? may be it. Maybe? I don't. I don't know. I don't think so. Mm. I, I don't think so. Um, I'm just happy that I picked Phillies as fun to watch because yeah. you can't take that away <laughs> from me. Right. Power to you. Wow. Hey. So, um, if it, there's if you guys can't find international baseball to watch because the instructions are really hard <laughs> to follow, we hope that you're checking out some back episodes of No Crying in Baseball. If you have some friends or family that you think might like to listen to us talk about baseball, please let them know about the show. Um, find us on social media if you can. It's still weird out there. Oh my God. Social media is just. I don't know. I'm still checking though, and I, I and apologies to the folks who contacted us on Twitter because I think I was a little bit late at receiving those messages. But Twitter would be NCIB Podcast, and I will still check. I'm definitely not tweeting as much as I, I was. I think because it's now the evil empire. It's so weird. It's so Twitter weird. is fucking bizarre, and yeah. I haven't figured out Mastodon yet. But I think we need to do something there. But Yes, we do have day jobs. Uh, you can uh, Instagram is 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 relatively. I don't know. The meta thing is is also weird. But Instagram and Facebook, you can find us at No Crying and Ball. You could just email us directly at ncibpodcast at gmail .com and we will definitely answer that. So if you would like to fund our um, support of local yeah. breweries or perhaps our independent wealth so we can go see women's and girls baseball tournaments and possibly the World Baseball Classic, right. you can find us on Patreon. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash no crying and b-ball. And, and tell us what you want us to put there. We will do it. We really will. We, we're... That's kind uh, of a blanket offer. Yeah, I'm not comfortable know. with that. Feel free to make suggestions that right. we will take under advisement. All right. I think that's where we're going Patty with that one. thinks a lot more clearly after a cider and a half a beer than I do. That's really all it was. I'm just hanging out for the split pea yeah. soup that Mr. Potty Mouth promised me. Right. Hey, so um, I hope you got your, your booster because there's things to do out mm. in the world. And we want you to be safe when you do them. Um, we want you. Thank you for getting out to vote this week. I'm yes. sure mm. that you did. Thank you, Nevada people. If there's Woo. anybody in Nevada who's listening. God bless you. You're our new favorite people yes. for darn sure. Um, we want you to um, fight the man because it's the right thing to do. Send your game balls to Meredith. And until next week, say goodnight, potty mouth. Good night, potty mouth.
This cider is so good. It's so good. I wish I would have gotten more. Right. Now, I, now I regret not just buying all of it. Yeah. I well, could, you know what? We know where it is. We know where right? it is. 